Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Sue McPartland from PWC. Thanks for joining us, Sue. Let me tell our listeners who's going to be up uh, next. Next week, we're going to have Jeff Selich from Thermal Tech Engineering. And on the 16th of May, we're going to have Ellie Reiser from Homey & Shepherd. Her topic is Dynamic Residential Real Estate Market. She's going to talk about the current trends. Then we're going to have someone from the uh, world of the uh, marketing and advertising agency, Dennis Devlin, who's formed a new company a couple of years ago called Consumer Clarity, and his target demographic are younger adults. And then we're going to have Jeff Mazzaro, who is one of the owners of and, and general manager of the Still Meadow Country Club. That should be an interesting show. Yeah. We'll talk about golf, I guess. <laughs> and then... Uh, we're going to have Joe Graver, who is the new CEO of Hildebrand Industries. So I think we've got some, some interesting guests coming up. Let me tell everyone a little bit about something new that's happening uh, here at Sandler. Uh, we have a, we've created a new optional program with one of our President's Club members, PhD psychologist Frank Wood, uh, who's been here on the show with us. And that, that program is called Thriving with Stress. That's a, going to be a four-week program, one hour a week or so, which is designed to get pe- people better at dealing with stress in the moment of stress. So that of the 15 choices you could make in a stressful situation, you resettle your mind, get some clarity, and your brain is able to pick the one best choice of things to say or do in that moment of stress. That program kicks off here on May 16th and runs four consecutive Fridays. Interested in participating in the program? Contact Brittany here at the office at 513-753-9400. Additional uh, Sandler programs in the President's Club regularly scheduled. We, we do have a new calendar out for May, May and June. A couple of interesting programs we have in May. May 12th is No Guts, No Gain, How to Get Tougher in Sales. We're going to be working on finding the reasons that people want to do business, part A and B in, in June. And we can have a belief writing workshop set up for early June. June 16th, we're going to introduce some of the newest Sandler ideas from the Sandler Conference in, in Baltimore. One other special program is called Fearless Selling. Fearless Selling. Mm-hmm. Salespeople sometimes have fear. I, I know so <laughs> no. no one in the... Uh, accounting world ever has any fear while being a rainmaker? No. I didn't think so. I'm going to do that program as the final program over the Cloverlook Builders Business Series. That's going to be lunchtime on May 7th from 11.30 to 1.30. For Brittany, it's 753-9400, extension 106. To register, there is a $25 fee on that program. Now let me tell you a little bit about Sue McPartland. Uh, Sue uh, is an audit partner with over 25 years' experience and leads PWC's Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana market. How many people does PWC have in our marketplace, Sue? In Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana, mm-hmm. um, we have about 700 people. 700 people, mm-hmm. really? Yes. But not all in one office. No, not all in one office. Um, we have offices that I'm responsible for in from Columbus down through Cincinnati, um, Lexington, Kentucky, Louisville, and then over to Indianapolis. Okay. And, and you're responsible for the overall growth of the business in the uh, audit area, tax, and advisory, and, and development of the uh, PWC brand. 
That's correct, yes. Um, we, we go to market three lines of service, audit, tax, and advisory. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more. But then just um, our brand in the marketplace, as well as our people and developing our people. Mm -hmm. Now, there were a couple of name changes with your organization. Just a few. <laughs> just a few. You were telling me before we went on the air yes. that, about it. Uh, why don't you tell our, our, our listeners where the brand PwC came from. Sure. Well, that name originated um, when we merged. There were a merger between a former firm, Coopers and Lybrand, and Pricewaterhouse. We merged in 1998 and became PricewaterhouseCoopers and then typically go by PwC. Now, both of those firms, though, we call them legacy firms, um, have been in business well over 100 years by either those names or other, other names before that as well. Sure, I ran into both firms when I worked uh, as a young guy in New York I'm City. I'm sure you did. But the PwC brand as a as a company name, yeah. how long ago was that turned on? There was well, 1998 was PricewaterhouseCoopers, and then we really went to just PwC. I think it was probably in 2005, 2006. Okay, yeah, it's, it's like Sandler Training it was the company I original. I'm sorry, it was the Sandler Sales Institute, mm -hmm. David Sandler's original company name. And I guess it was about the same time, 2006 or seven, uh, when uh, David Matson and his stepson bought the company from David's widow that they changed the name of the company, Sandler Training. Stay tuned. There will be a update on the company motto. Originally, it was Sandler Works, and, and now it is Finding Power and Reinforcement. Okay. Maybe in June, I'll be able to tell our listeners what the new motto is. So you, you, you serve clients in the retail and consumer products industry. I would expect that in the Cincinnati marketplace. Mm -hmm. Her experience is working with public companies, large multinational entities covering a wide range of projects of audit services, including the experience of stock and debit offerings, other public filings, mergers and acquisitions, due diligence reviews. I guess that happens in closures. It does. It yeah. does. Yep. Both sides of the table. Yep. For our listeners, why don't you explain to them what advisory is? Sure, sure. As I mentioned, we, we go to market um, with three lines of service, and one of those is advisory, or what some of the listeners might understand a little bit more being consulting. Um, so our advisory practice um, works with clients when trying to solve issues from a consulting um, perspective. They also get very involved in deals, too, helping to structure deals. But it's more than the, the, what people would probably more commonly think of as management consulting services. Mm -hmm. Management consulting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, you started with, I guess, a PwC predecessor yes. in 1986 in Detroit. That's correct. Yeah. Are you a native of Detroit? I am. I am. whole family is still there, born and raised. Okay. And then did you bounce around the country? I have. I, I started my career in Detroit, as you said, and was there a little over 10 years, and then I moved to um, North Carolina for about eight years, mm -hmm. and then I actually moved back to Detroit, and a lot of people said, you know, going from the beautiful climate in North Carolina uh, back to the cold winters, thought I, I was maybe a little bit crazy, um, but spent five years uh, back in Detroit um, working with clients there, and then moved here to Cincinnati just about five years ago. It'll be five years this summer. Okay, good. Yes, I moved here almost 23 years ago. Okay. I agreed with my wife to come from Los Angeles, but I had a two-year agreement with her. <laughs> 23 years later. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> at the end of two years, I said, well, this place is pretty good. It's much better than L.A. Uh-huh. Quality of life is pretty good. Yeah, so we decided to stay. You're active in the community in several organizations, United Ways, uh, Greater Cincinnati Women's Leadership Council. Uh, you hold the BS uh, in the county from Wallace College of Michigan. Certified Public Accountant in Michigan and Ohio. Member of the American Certified Public Accountants reside with your son in uh, Indian Hill. Well, that's me. That's you. I got. I got to invite you to uh, come to a downtown Rotary meeting. Okay. Yesterday we had a, a meeting which celebrated the 25th anniversary of allowing women as full Rotary members. Uh -huh. uh, Rotary Club lost a uh, lawsuit in the Supreme Court about that yeah. 25 years ago. But times have changed. Times have changed. It was it was the most the club is 114 years wow. old, 17th club ever formed. Yesterday's meeting we had about 260 people, and the women outnumbered the men. Mm -hmm. First time that's ever happened. We had we had so many women guests. 
Great club. There's yeah. always room for another CPA. Great. In the Rotary Club. Look forward to it. Service of ourselves. We even have a woman president this year, uh, Susan Wilkinson. She used to be with. Uh, mm. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about services that PWC offers? Sure. Um, like I said, it's three lines of service. Uh, I'll spend just a minute on, on each of them. Our audit practice, or sometimes we call it assurance, to audit companies' financial statements, public companies, small private companies, you know, the whole gambit. We also provide some services around internal audit services where we may work with companies' internal audit departments to supplement their, their services. We do a lot of work with companies around their internal controls. Um, particularly over the last 10 plus years and the advent of you know, certain regulations that required companies to have audits of their internal co- controls, public companies. We help companies go public, get them ready to do that. And that's all kind of in our audit or assurance practice. In tax, that's maybe a little bit more self-explanatory. Can I ask um, a question sure. about audit? You're a large national presence type of a accounting firm. Correct. Did I understand that you guys will actually work in smaller private companies that need an audit as oh, well? Absolutely, yeah. Now, we're not just only national, we're international. We have a lot of smaller private companies, absolutely, as oh. clients, both as audit clients and, and maybe even a little bit more so tax clients, too, tax helping them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, do you also do reviews? We do. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. I'm sorry for nope, interrupting. No, nope, no worries. So again, in our, our tax practice, um, there's our tax compliance, which is you know the actual filing of returns, you know either at a corporate level, a partnership level, a, a individual level. But we do a lot of work in our tax practice to helping companies develop tax strategies and do tax planning. If they're doing acquisitions, what's the you know the best way to set things up. Um, and, you know, tax can get very complex. It's not just federal. There's state, local, international. A lot of companies looking to go global. We see a lot of interest in learning about the best strategies and in going international, where to go, things like that. And then we talked a little bit about our advisory practice. So that is more the typical what we would call management consulting. We actually just closed an acquisition globally about two or three weeks ago now, the former Booz and Company we acquired. Was that um, the Booz Allen Company? Not Booz Allen. It, it, a while back it was. Booz Allen split into two a number of years ago. And this was Booz and Company, which was the pure strategy firm. And then we acquired them a few weeks ago. So really rounding out some of our services, we like to think about it as from strategy, helping you develop your plan, to execution. We can, in our advisory practice, really help you then, you know, put the plans in place and, and execute. So in that, in that part of your practice, do you guys get into the world of IT? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Lots of organizations right now are looking at their IT platforms. Some that, you know, it's been ongoing for a number of years, but some industries were maybe a little slower to move in that direction. So we're doing a lot of work with clients around their IT platforms, everything digital, social, all related. Good, good. We're going to take a a short commercial break here, and Sue has agreed to uh, take callers. Our call-in number is, as usual, 646-595-4916. We're going to listen to Jimmy Fox talk about Tip Club. The next Tip Club meeting uh, that I sponsor here in Cincinnati will be Thursday, May 15th, 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Jimmy, go ahead. I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business-to-business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat please go to 
www.tipclub.com and click on the Events tab at the top of the page. Then, just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 800-798-0270. That's 1-800-798-0270. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event. Thanks, Jimmy. This is Mike Roth and Sue McPartland. Sue, why don't you tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you over at EWC after the show? Sure. One of a couple of ways. Uh, the, the phone number is 513-723-4700. Um, our website at pwc.com. You can find a whole wealth of information about the firm, um, all of our offices um, located throughout the country. Um, as well as contact information, or my email too is susan.m.mcpartland.pdbc.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, just worldwide, how many employees does PWC have? We're close to 180,000 now. Wow, that's yes. pretty big. Yes, nearly 40,000 in the United States alone. Mm-hmm. How many countries worldwide? Over 160. Wow. So. You guys beat us. Sandler, we just got into international 10 years ago. And we're, we're only in about uh, 30 countries right now. That's still pretty good progress for a 10-year period. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're always doing translations of, of Sandler. Mm-hmm. I guess the funniest one for the translations for me was the second country we went into besides Canada was England. And it would take weeks to do the translations from American English to English English. Mm-hmm. Because the uh, analogies of sports like baseball didn't work in England. No. <laughs> and football... Co- Conjures a different image. Maybe soccer. Yeah, and uh, baseball didn't get anybody. <laughs> it changed or threw that out. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners about how uh, PwC goes to market? Sure. Um, well, as a professional services firm, um, our going to market is really all about relationship building. Uh, we go to market through our three lines of service. Obviously, our individual markets by office and broader markets and then also by what we call our sectors or industry programs. So very focused, you mentioned in the intro that I primarily work in the retail and consumer products industry, but we have people who specialize in industrial products, automotive, healthcare, financial services. So obviously when clients hire us, an insurance company doesn't want to hire me personally because that's not my area of expertise. They may want an audit, but they want somebody who knows how to audit an insurance company. Mm-hmm. So it's very um, specialty-driven. Um, we do have, we, look, we rely on our partners um, and our senior managers to be out in the marketplace developing relationships. We do have the marketing and sales folks, too, um, client relationship executives who drive relationships in the marketplace, too, really working with our clients just to understand their problems and their concerns, and might we have um, something to help them resolve those issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you think um, there's, there's still five or six large accounting firms? There's, there's four that are considered the big four. Step down from seven to four. Okay, yeah. the big four. Uh, why do people buy from your firm? Why do they buy from our firm? Um, again, I think it's a lot about the relationships. Um, so much of what we do, we, we do, you know, do written proposals. We have oral presentations. And why clients hire us is because of our expertise, um, both from a technical perspective and then an industry perspective. And then the relationship. And can that client see themselves working with us? Because if you think of some of the work that we do, be it audits, be it consulting projects, they can be very long-term, very intense at times. Mm-hmm. And you know, working together very closely with our clients, they want to feel sure that not only are they getting the expertise, but um, it, as individuals, they can also work with us. Sure. Um, so if they, uh, in this, this negative was we have a lot of people who work with metal, mm-hmm. metalworking companies. Yeah. So if a metalworking company uh, talking to you, would you go to another part of the country to get a uh, PwC professional who worked with other metalworking companies? Not necessarily. I mean, we have folks here in Cincinnati, up in Columbus, who spend a lot of their time. We break it down even further. It could be steel. 
It could be um, more just pure industrial products. It could be automotive. So we have a lot of those folks resident here already. But we do then have the advantage, because we are so large, of reaching out to the broader network to bring in whatever the best resources possible for, for the client. So you could find a specialized talent a smaller uh, CPA firm wouldn't have. Absolutely, absolutely. Because like I said, you know, we have um, nearly 40,000 people in the U.S. that we have to draw upon very easily. What would you say is your unique marketing advantage? I think it's probably um, best described around the relationship, around the breadth and depth of our services. Uh, I mentioned before recently acquiring uh, Foods and Company, which we have renamed to Strategy and, and what that brings to us in terms of working from strategy all the way through execution and implementation. So we were talking about unique marketing advantage being relationships, mm-hmm. and you have people who are charged with developing the marketplace. I was confused what you just said about the renaming of booze. You said you named it booze and? No, strategy and. Strat- the, the booze name has been just strategy. strategy. Because they are primarily a strategy consulting firm. Uh, I guess strategy and what? And PwC. So, again, the, the oh. concept of strategy to execution, what we can bring to the table, not only, I might mention, on the consulting side of things, um, but as well as bringing tax services and audit services. Some of the folks that we compete against, the non-big four, are just consulting firms. They can't bring the tax and the assurance and, and audit services that we can. Uh, that brings up an interesting analogy in several areas well, in several areas of the world, actual Sandler training centers have been purchased by accounting firms. In fact, uh, the Sandler Center in Hong Kong is owned by one of the other large CPA firms. I didn't realize that. I didn't know that until I talked to the guy <laughs> at the Sandler Global Conference. And uh, one of the large regional firms, I believe it was in Syracuse, New York, with the, the local Sandler training uh, operation, get the same management in place, and uh, they've been very successful at expanding their, their regional presence because mm-hmm. they provide that extra service of business development to their clients. That's right, because if you think about the people who deliver our services, we're accountants, we're maybe lawyers, um, consultants, we're not trained salespeople. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we didn't go to school to become salespeople. We went to school to become an accountant. Sure. So, sure. When you went to school as an accountant, how many days, what semesters did you take in business relationship building? Uh, none specifically to that. And I always struggled even with my business communications on why I couldn't see the connection until I graduated and started working in the field and working with clients and doing things like this, why business communications would be so important. Yeah. One of Sandler's uh, special courses is for uh, accountants, lawyers, engineers, sometimes even architects. We call it the Professional Advantage, which is a special 12-week program which can be extended for individual companies. Uh, there are uh, quite a few Sandler clients in Philadelphia in those professional courses. Here in Cincinnati and Columbus, we've either put the professionals in closed course, not open to the public, or give them the professional advantage materials, but put them into the open course for the public, uh, which allowed them to get uh, extra leads. And mm-hmm. that was kind of always That's true. That's the both worlds. Well, uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does give the best of both worlds. Uh, in our Columbus Training Center, uh, we have a law firm. They like to say, I like to say they are the best law firm for commercial real estate transactions in the entire state. Mm-hmm. And in fact, one of their partners has written the book for the state of Ohio <laughs> on real estate law. Uh, but working with us, he's, it was the first couple of years ago, it was the first year he ever got a bonus for overproducing his objective. Wow. Uh, what do you think the possibilities and opportunities for growth are right I think they're quite widespread. Um, we're seeing a lot of growth across all of our industries, um, across all of our lines of service. As, as we look at, we, we did a uh, what we call a global CEO survey that was released actually in January of Davos, and we do various cuts on that from the U.S. perspective and then drilling down into some of the industries too. And what we're seeing is um, more optimism 
from CEOs um, that the, the higher expectations of growth, more expect to have growth. Um, we're seeing that more want to plan to hire people mm -hmm. in 2014 as well. Um, so whenever a business is feeling positive about themselves, they're going to take on those um, things that may be considered discretional spending, i.e. in the consulting realm. They're not going to spend a lot of money in a you know, really bad downturn. Although one might argue that's the time to do it, um, that typically doesn't happen. So we just see you know, some of our business is directly related to the cyclicality of the, um, of the economy. Um, and then from the regulatory side of things, a lot of growth in that, um, you know, increased regulation in financial services across the board, health industries, mm -hmm. um, and clients really need help adapting to that, too. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned Davos. Uh, could you explain that for our listeners? Oh, sure. That is a, um, a – Davos is in Switzerland. It's an event held – each um, January, I think it's over a you know, four-day period where many, many global CEOs go um, in, a, in a, a conference. And I mention it in the realm of we always host a piece of that and release our findings from the CEO survey. Good. Again, Sue has agreed to uh, take callers. Uh, the number is 595-4916. And uh, I think we'll listen to a... Couple of Sandler commercials here. Imagine you just left your prospect's office and he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real! He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Finding power and reinforcement is what it's all about. Today, I want to tell you about the ways that our clients have found to fix their companies and lives. Earn more money. I'm not for everyone. Abrasive and not politically correct. But if you want to have great financial results, we need to talk. Albert Einstein said insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. I teach my clients new and different strategies, tactics, and behaviors that get dramatic results. If you're serious, dedicated to getting better, and want to earn more money by selling more to balance your budget, we need to talk. Call me, Mike Roth, at 513-753-9400, extension 102. Tell me your toughest business problems. Then, if you qualify, I'll invite you in for a free meeting. 513-753-9400, extension 102. On the web at RothConsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Sue McPartland from PWC. Sue, at your level, uh, which I guess you, you call a regional office, uh, you guys do a long-term strategic plan? Oh, we absolutely do. Um, so there's a pretty robust planning process really driven from through the US, whole U.S. firm uh, where we do obviously an annual plan looking out for the next year. Um, that's looking at it both from a financial goal setting mm -hmm. as well as looking at what are on our clients' minds and how can we help them because something that they were dealing with 10 years ago may very well not be applicable today. Mm -hmm. So how do we adapt our services? So that's kind of an annual planning setting process. We do it by mar markets. We do it through our lines of service, and we do it through our industry groups. As part of that, we always t take a longer-term view, too. We look out five years to see similar things, both a financial perspective as well as where do we think our industries and our clients are headed. So those are the levels, you have a one-year plan and a five-year plan? Pretty much. Nothing in the middle? No, well, we do obviously, uh, well, tweaking to it throughout the process, but no, it's usually a one to, and then looking out, really not just at the end of five years, but throughout the five years. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, when I do that with some of our sailor clients in the mid-market, we usually do a plan that's 
one year, two year, and we revamp the plan every six months. Mm-hmm. Mark, the markets have been too turbulent. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Uh, what kinds of things are, are people asking PWC for? It's kind of a surprise to you that you weren't expecting. Oh, a surprise. Um, well, I can tell you what, what a lot of clients are focused on right now is you know growth and expansion, particularly internationally. Mm-hmm. And maybe one of the things that's a little bit surprising there, we're starting to see a trend, though, away from some of the more traditional emerging markets that had come to bear over the last... So while um, a number of years ago, uh, a lot were focused on going to Brazil, Russia, India, China, not to say that they're still not there, mm-hmm. but we're seeing a um, reemergence of interest back into Western Europe, too. That was actually something that came out of our CEO survey results, um, that it's broadened. We're not just looking at those developing countries. Um, a lot more interest in Africa and Sub-Sahara Africa, too. But again, looking back to some of the more developed countries for growth as well, including the United States. Mm-hmm. Are you uh, are you guys active in South Africa? We are. We have offices in South Africa. We have clients, U.S.-based or European-based clients, who are interested in getting more into South Africa as well. Mm-hmm. We've seen some interest in Sailor from South Africa, mm-hmm. which is I would imagine you would, though. If, if folks start to move there, didn't imagine it yeah. <laughs> to get requests from South Africa. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had that article in Inc. Magazine uh, about how to select a sales training organization, and we were getting calls from uh, Jamaica <laughs> and places like that like, where we didn't have any service. Uh, we probably have two or three minutes uh, left in this segment. Uh, we have a, a, a rule here at uh, Northern Associates that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. If you want to solve a complex problem, you have to use a complex solution. Perhaps you could share with our listeners a complex problem that you stumbled into and the equally complex solution that you used to to solve it. Okay. Um, Well, complex problems that probably many clients deal with in many organizations. And some of the solution is simple, some of it is complex. And really more centers around um, supply chain. And, you know, organizations uh, have taken a look at their supply chains over the years and, and maybe taken out some of the low-hanging fruit, the things easy to get at. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've done some work with organizations really digging a little bit deeper um, and getting into what what initially uh, maybe a unit cost basis is pretty small. But once you really dig into it, you find that I can save, you know, pennies here, you know, a nickel there, and it adds up to some pretty big dollars. And, and it's really about analyzing those costs, looking at trying to use um, you know, common um, supply sources, common parts, if you will, uh, making it a little bit easier. You can get economies of scale when you buy things and making you know that some of the processes a lot simpler. Well, so something as simple as like a rubber washer? Yeah, it's simple. Yeah, uh, you, you know, there's thousands of different kinds of rubber washers and thousands of different price points, too. Right, right. Yeah. If you design a custom rubber washer uh, with a custom diameter and a custom molded uh, core section that you have to pay for new tooling yep. for. Absolutely. It's going to cost you a lot more. Mm-hmm. This is something that may work just as well. It's almost the same size. Yes. Yeah. yeah, much better price point. Yeah, we, we've experienced that mm-hmm. uh, with uh, some of our clients. Uh, the Internet has uh, has changed the world. I like to say it's flattened the world, although I didn't invent, did not invent that. Uh, a lot of companies now are uh, thinking about or actually doing this, moving their, their data centers to the cloud. Uh, do you guys get involved with that at all and figuring out what the economics are, whether it's a good decision? Yes, we do. We work with clients on that in the whole technology realm, um, moving to the cloud, data storage, um, just cutting IT costs. We as a firm, too, have a pretty significant presence on the Internet. We have the um, PwC 365 app. And why that's important is we produce a lot of thought leadership on, you know, that, that companies can can look at, um, it's industry-specific, it may be issue-specific, um, and as opposed to just going to our website, which, of course, is always available there, there's an app, so it's much more of a pull. You can go there, search you know, by your industry, by your issue, and actually pull that information right there, too. So that's like an iPhone app yes, or an yep. Android app? It's available on both. And it's called 
PWC? 365, meaning it's available. The 365 app, is that only for PWC clients or can anyone? Anybody can. Really? Mm -hmm. From a marketing perspective, to make people register so you have a prospect list out of it? We do. Excellent. (laughs) Someone in your marketing department. That's right. I take my hat off to them. Again, Sue has agreed to uh, answer questions. If you have a question for her, you can call in. Uh, we'll be able to screen the calls during the uh, the next break, which is the last break, 646-595-4916. Sue, let me ask you uh, one more question, and then we take a, take a break. Uh, are you looking to add more people to your organization this year? Absolutely. Um, we add people every year. We uh, are probably one of the largest um, employers of uh, recent college graduates in the country. We bring in uh, probably around maybe four or 5,000, not just obviously here, but in the United States every single year. Four or 5,000. Mm-hmm. That's significant. That's significant. It is significant. Um, with the growth that we've experienced, particularly in our advisory practice, always looking for people, not just you know campus hires, but experienced people as well. We are always looking for good talent because it, you know it's a very competitive market out there, um, and we're always interested in bringing the, the best and the brightest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, are there any particular specialties you you guys are always searching for besides accounting majors? <laughs> um, well, yeah. As a matter of fact, so it's accounting majors, it's finance majors. We will look at engineering majors because when, if you're interested in going into consulting, a lot of the work we do, an engineering background is very strong. Um, obviously, MBAs, uh, statisticians. So it's, it's a pretty wide variety that we're, we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we'll take a commercial break here, and we're going to listen to a San Rule. Listen to San Rule number 47. I'm Brad Massey with Sandler Training. I'm talking to you about rule number 47, selling as a Broadway play performed by a psychiatrist. What does that mean? Selling as a Broadway play, it's about a performance. It's about sometimes having to do things differently than we're comfortable doing. It's about making changes. Sometimes I need to speak with enthusiasm and excitement. Sometimes I need to speak more subtly and articulately and I need to explain things deeper. Um, Performance by a psychiatrist, what does psychiatry have to do with this rule? It means we have to have an understanding of human dynamics. Being a psychiatrist is about understanding human dynamics. It means we need to be able to manage the way we speak with people. Um, Be an objective participant to the event when we talk to people. Keep our emotions under control. Be able to ask the appropriate questions in a manner that is not contingent on the outcome. In other words, sometimes if I really want to close business, I get emotionally involved. And what the other person is telling me has too much impact on me. I just need to understand that there's a process in how we go about interacting with people. And if I can say the right things, if I can ask the right questions, then I don't get emotionally involved with this opportunity. And the right thing always happens, yes or no. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Sue McPartland. Sue, I always like to ask our our leaders, how many years of leadership experience have you had over there? Well, I've been with the firm almost 28 years at this point. I've been in leadership roles for probably a good 15, 10, 15 of those years. So you've had a lot of opportunities yeah. to lead over 15 years. Yeah. Perhaps you can give our listeners a leadership tip on sure. leadership roles. Sure. Um, one of the things that I try to do, particularly when I take on a new leadership role, and that might be something like leading a market or even on one of my engagements. I'm new to the engagement. The team was already there. Um, someone once told me, and, and I did this, and I found it to be very effective, uh, do something called like a, a new leader assimilation. 
So getting together with your team, you know, away from work, you're not talking about the project, you're not talking about the issues, you're not talking about the client, you're talking about how you as a team want to interact. Uh, what are my expectations of the team? What are the team's expectations of me? Um, and it really puts on the table some of the stylistic things, and it's really a good opportunity um, to let your, your new team as a new leader uh, get to know you a lot better. I would say then also as an experienced leader, once you've been in that role for a while, is really never losing touch with your team. Um, you know, we all get really busy, and it's very easy to get caught up in things um, and, and losing touch with what's really going on with your team. And, of course, the other thing is just saying thank you. I think people really appreciate when you say thank you. It goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Uh, I suppose you've had to make tough decisions in the last 15 years. Uh, what uh, are the things that motivate you, Sue, to make tough decisions? Um, when I sit back and reflect on some of the tougher decisions, and I'll, I'll give you an example, too, um, and, and why I made those and some of the mistakes I made in not making them as quickly is the issue never resolves itself on its own. You've got to make the decisions. You've got to take the, the actions because letting a problem linger is not going to make it go away. Um, good example of that is, and, and probably one of the toughest things I've had to do, and unfortunately I've had to do it more than once, is actually terminate someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you, when you think about it, and I, I like to reflect back and say probably, you know, it, it was the right decision, although very tough to do for both if things aren't working out. When I think about the impact sometimes if an individual is not working out, the impact that that has on the rest of the team then, letting those decisions um, and taking those actions linger too long, just it doesn't do, do anyone any good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you found that the team knows that uh, that someone should go before you do? Um, maybe not before, but oftentimes they're wondering why you're not taking the action if you don't do it you know, mm-hmm. swiftly enough. Of course, you want to give people a chance to succeed, but there sometimes comes a point in time uh, where you know there's where it's just not a good match, and maybe you know their skills are usually better deployed, you know, better elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, at PwC, do you actually have a, a target growth rate? We do. We do. We have, you know, we, we, we set goals. That, mm-hmm. That's what I would call them. We do them as a U.S. firm, and then we break that down into the various markets and the various lines of service and the various sectors. So it's a very, you can imagine, a very matrix organization. Mm-hmm. Growth is uh, usually made up by uh, people, process, and strategy. Can you talk for a, a couple of minutes about each one of those? Sure. People, process, and strategy. Yep. So probably from a PwC perspective, one of the most important of those three is people. Um, we don't make a product. You know, we're, we don't sell you know, manufactured items. We sell our services. We sell our people. So our people are really, really critical to that. Um, they work with our clients every single day. And so they need to bring that technical expertise to the table that they've you know, been schooled for and the clients expect, but they also need the relationship building and the ability to communicate and get along with our clients. So very, very critical. We, we can't survive as a firm without our people, very mm-hmm. clearly. Um, when I think about process, we're a pretty process-driven organization. You know, we do a lot of project work for our clients. Um, some of those, you know, shorter term. Some of those are much longer term, and need a lot of uh, checkpoints and process around that to actually, you know, reach the end goal in the time frame that you've been asked to to deliver. So very important there. And then from a strategy perspective, I think of that more along the lines of annual goal setting, five-year plans, things like that, Um, thinking about taking the time to sit back and and think about where are our clients headed? What issues are they going to be confronted with in the future? And none of us has a crystal ball, but trying to really do that, um, talking with our clients a lot to understand what's on their minds and what they're thinking about three and five years out to then bring that back to PwC, develop our strategy. Are there new service offerings we need to develop? Are there existing ones that we need to tweak and move with the time? Mm-hmm. Uh, was the strategy in acquiring booze to uh, get their clients or the other work that the firm does or to use booze as a uh, Trojan horse? <laughs> well, it, it really was about 
increasing, improving our capabilities as a strategy firm. So we had some of that, but clearly, you know, Booz and Company was stronger in that area. So it was it was about seeing that our clients have that need, and we didn't have, you know, we like I said, we did some of it, but we we weren't as well known for that as what a Booz was. We've done other acquisitions as well over the last five years in um, our advisory practice too that have brought supplemental capabilities. It's not usually just to get their book of business, to get their clients, because what we find is we're in a lot of the same organizations to start with, Mm -hmm. but it's much more about bringing in the broader capabilities that help us grow. Uh, Perhaps you could talk for a second about some of the other acquisitions you've done over the five years. Sure. We, um, and I think it was probably four years ago, um, acquired a consulting firm that went by the name of Diamond Consulting Partners. Um, Another one, we we got a piece of bearing point. That was probably the first one um, that we did. And then it's been two, maybe two and a half years ago, we acquired a firm that was called PRTM. They were very focused on supply chain management Mm -hmm. and working with their clients to take costs out of the supply chain, kind of fix the supply chain. So each of those things, again, hasn't been to acquire their clients necessarily, Um, although they may have had relationships where we didn't. We did find a lot of times we were in the same clients, but it was really to broaden the breadth of our services. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, let's pretend I, I waved a magic wand over your head, Sue, and solve the biggest problem of business development that you see to reach or exceed your goals over the next three to five years. What problems would I cure for you with the magic wand? It would be, um, well, well, two things, but they're, they're related. Um, time and capacity. Having the time to really be out, as I, as I said earlier, um, a lot of what we do and a lot of how we grow our business is relationship mm-hmm. building. Mm-hmm. We don't you know, typically pick up the phone and, and take an order. Um, we need the relationships. A lot of times we'll get a request for proposal, and what we find is if we don't already have uh, relationships at that organization, it's much tougher to win. We get invited because we're PwC, um, but it's much tougher to win if we don't have those relationships. It, it's funny you brought that one up. Uh, Dave Sandler had a, a real simple solution for that one. He used to say that if you got a request for a proposal in the mail that you didn't know was coming and you didn't write, find the nearest circular file, right. put it away, don't respond, mm-hmm. because you have a 97% chance of loss. And, and that was probably his 1972 mm-hmm. solution. Yes. Uh, today... Uh, in the advanced stainless selling system, uh, we modify that and we say, let's take a look at it from an analytical perspective, see if we can find the real decision maker, if we can find what the real pain is that caused the RF to be issued, and then answer the inevitable question, has the winner already been determined prior to the RFP being issued? Who actually wrote it? Did one of our competitors read it uh, and write it? Or was it written by the client in a neutral, neutral vein? So today we, we will tell people to pursue some of those uh, surprise RFPs because you can't get some business from them. Yep, yep. Uh, and, and we do go through that, that thought process as well, mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. much so. Um, and usually we, we know it's coming, but it's the depth of the relationship, especially when it's a very large project. Mm-hmm. And uh, here in the Cincinnati marketplace, how many of those business developer types do you have? Um, we have, oh, geez, I have in Cincinnati proper, I think, four or five, plus all my partners. Because, again, I think I mentioned earlier that we do look at our partners to be out and developing relationships, to be involved in the community and develop relationships as well. Okay, yeah, when you said partners, I, I took that the wrong way. <laughs> I was thinking of uh, maybe an IT company. Uh, the, no, no. Strategic partner. You, no. you meant actual partners. partners. Okay. Absolutely. So th- these guys and ladies are the rainmate. Yes. Uh, just as a curiosity, how long does it take an average uh, new accounting hire to become a partner at PwC today? Um, it's probably somewhere in the 13 to 15 plus range, and it really depends on some of their experiences too. Um, we, we have people who will go on international tours. We will have people who go to our uh, national office, we call it, where they get very deep in certain accounting issues, reporting matters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then we have some people who elect to more, you know, have a, a more in their, their home market, too. So it really depends on some of your experiences, too, on how quickly you move along. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
how important is it for a new hire to become a good rainmaker, to become a partner? As a new hire, um, we really are expect our people to hone their technical skills and their working on engagement. Um, clearly, if they have some relationships that they can bring to bear, that's great. But I don't expect, we call our, our new hires associates, mm-hmm. um, and a first or second year associate to be winning a lot of work. They have to really get their base of technical knowledge kind of down pat. We expect as you become a manager, maybe a and then ultimately a partner, that that's when you get more into the business development side of things. So the uh, progression for new hires, professionals, would be associate. Yes, then senior associate. Or senior associate. Mm -hmm. Then manager. Then manager, senior manager, manager. or director, Mm -hmm. and then partner. Mm -hmm. Uh, What would a director do? Um, They they are really... um, Depends on, on the line. They're they're more like a senior manager. They're not a partner yet, mm-hmm. um, but it is the last step before partner. Mm-hmm. And here in the United States, how many uh, regional offices like the Cincinnati, Columbus area are there? We have um, 19 markets. We call them markets that we break it down. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's, and it's usually a cluster of offices, like what I described earlier here. Mm-hmm. So in a place like California, would there be two? So there's actually three. Three. There's Southern California, and then actually San Francisco and San Jose are separate markets because they're so large. Oh, yes, they are big markets. Mm-hmm. And San the Valley, that doesn't count. Well, it would get swept into either San, San Jose or San Francisco. Yes. Right, and San Diego gets swept into, into Los, Angeles. Los Angeles. Correct. That's interesting. Uh, we did a study a few years ago and looked at the America, and we said we were at 22 major city markets. Mm-hmm. And those were the markets that we had to concentrate on. Yep. Although Sandler's got offices all over the states, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily based on population or business density, developed almost randomly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so some places like New Jersey have 10 offices. Oh, yeah. Okay, but it's a highly dense, uh, very dense very population. Dense state. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago must have seven. Mm-hmm. On the island of Manhattan, can you guess how many we have? I'm going to guess one. We have one office. One. And we we have uh, two uh, two part time offices okay. there as well, but yep. it's just strange the way it, the yeah. way it all developed. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the Long Island market I think we have three trainers. Oh wow! I mean, it's at least one more than they, they need. <laughs> Although that also is a high density market. It is, uh, but an equally high density market like Pittsburgh, I think the number is three. <laughs> so it's a it's a strange thing. Uh, as we were talking today, Sue, is there any any question that you were hoping I was going to ask that I that I missed asking? Um, I think you probably covered it, it pretty well. I've just um, enjoyed talking with you, talking about PwC and you know what we can bring to bear on the market, um, as well as them providing some tips for your listeners. Good. I want to thank you for being a part of the show. I'm going to be giving you a Sandler, a new Sandler book uh, that I helped compile. Lead when you dance. This is a part of the Sandler series uh, of new books. Uh, we've had several books on the number one uh, seller at uh, Amazon. Uh, that book's got a copy of our Sandler training calendar and a free training pass uh, for you to, uh, to sit through uh, one of our sessions. Great. Well, uh, thank you very much. Thanks again for being part of the show, Sue. Thanks for having me. Why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.